This podcast is rated R. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And welcome to the Superhero Slate Birds of Prey review episode. Uh, you're not going to attack on the official I, name of this movie? <laughs> I, I can't remember it. Uh, if it's not on the marquee, it's not worth my time, Mike. That's, you know, you know what? Uh when we do these uh, movie reviews, I pull up the full cast on IMDb just to make sure I can, you know, dot my I's and cross my T's when it comes to talking about the performances in the film. And on IMDb, on the full cast and crew page, it says just Birds of Prey 2020. No, like, dot, 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 or ellipses or anything truncating it. So yeah. uh, I, th- I think the rest of the, the database community was like, no, 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 we don't have enough characters to put in the title of this movie anywhere else on this website. Yeah, we don't, we don't, need, to, we don't need to church it up. Uh, Birds of Prey is just fine. Just, just, just fine by me at the end Church of the it day. up. I, I have to say, uh, it, it's February. We're approaching the Valentine's Day weekend uh, where usually like uh, bigger movies have been coming out, so this is kind of like the first big movie of the year. You know, depending on if you're uh, if you're uh, chomping at the bit to watch the Oscars tonight. I, you know, I know 1917. I think is still in theaters. I think that's pulling in some dollars still. But this is kind of like this is kind of kicking off 2020. I'd say. Well, I I would like to think that, but I do have the box office pulled up here, and a lot of the actual. Um, Oscar-nominated films are still actually bringing in a consistent amount of money um, through mm-hmm. this weekend. In case people can't go rent them yet, I don't. I don't think they're all streaming yet, are they? They usually don't. Some of them. It, it, don't. Ju- it just depends because you know Netflix has some stuff. You know, you obviously can go watch that whenever. Uh, some stuff. Some stuff comes out earlier in the year. You can go watch that. You know. Um, but yeah, I like I want to watch 1917 in a theater, but at the same time I'm just like, well the Oscars are in like a couple hours. There's no way I'm going to be able to watch it like anytime soon. So, uh-huh. I don't know. I always have the, all of these ambitions of watching these Oscar nominated movies, uh but then once the the awards are announced, whether they win or lose, I feel like the feel like the the news cycle for all the movies are done after the awards. And I'm just like, ah, I'll get around to it never. Never. So, yeah. But that's, that's uh, how it works. But also, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say you don't consider Bad Boys for Life, which is actually <laughs> the third Bad Boys movie, the big the big start of the year movie here, Mike. I mean, just oh, I I think they just got I think they just got lucky. To be honest, it seems like everybody assumed that the movie wasn't going to be good and wasn't going to perform well, and I guess it did did the opposite <laughs> of both of those. So it was January. January is still the the exciting. It's still the the big question mark month. So I uh, maybe Bad Boys has officially kind of. I don't, uh, I don't think it's changed. Flag. I don't think it's changed the climate for for January, Mike. I think I think they knew they didn't think it was any going to be anything good, and they just happened to um, uh, what's that phrase? Fall upwards uh, with that one. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, we we this is our first review of this year. Um, the first, I guess, comic book slash superhero movie uh, mm-hmm. of the year to kick it off. And I did while I was watching this, I'm like, this is the first of three that I can think of off the top of my head female led superhero movies this year. Um, which I think what we only had one last year with Captain Marvel, and now we've got Birds of Prey, um, Black Widow, and Wonder Woman all mm-hmm. this year. So I was like, well, that's that's a pretty uh, pretty fun little little 
I guess piece of trivia, if you want to call it that. I don't, I don't know what else to name it. So, um, I, I want to go. I want to actually. I, and this isn't my notes here because I, I was, didn't want to bring it up. I had a a theater going experience, my friend. Uh, Ooh, okay. So I get my tickets. I think I got them Friday night, right? So I show up. There's ten cars in this theater parking lot when I get there <laughs> at like one thirty. I'm like, that's fine. I'm gonna go in. I get my. I get some theater. Um, food for to eat on not snacks but like i got like chicken strips i was like i, I want something a little <laughs> warm here because it is snowing where i live uh so i get it and go sit down um and then I, I noticed that there's no previews on like five minutes oh. before it starts right nothing none of those maria menudos minutes whatever uh, okay uh, the 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 newbie yeah is that what they call them <laughs> yeah whatever they're called and then um i was like that's fine whatever it's the first imax showing of the day like i'm not gonna you know, be upset. I'm not getting the same useless information over and over again. Uh, and then about one minute before it starts, literally behind me in the projector room, you can hear fuck, 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 <laughs> fuck, fuck. And I'm like, what is going on here? Um, about five minutes later after, and you know, still these people are yelling in, in behind there. Some guy comes out and he's like, I'm sorry, but the IMAX screening didn't auto start like it was supposed to, so we have to manually start it. It takes about 15 minutes to do this. <laughs> um, so you can get your money back right now. Now's your only chance, or we will give everyone here a free voucher to come again when when it's done. Mm-hmm. So no one, no one actually went and took the refund. So I was I was impressed with that. We had about half a theater. So I said about for 15 more minutes, and then the guy comes back and he's like, I have to ask this. Raise your hands if you don't want to see any trailers and just jump right to the movie. And literally everyone raised their hand. So I have <laughs> no other experience other than just these people yelling about this movie not starting and then just jumping right into the movie. I, I do I do like how big of a, a production an IMAX screening is that they're just like like there's not there's no existence of just like a play button. Like I just imagine like a bunch of like part time employees just like back there just trying to like lug some sort of like gigantic hard drive around. They gotta like run cables around the projection room. They're like on my mark, everybody hit their buttons at the same time they, and they, they, they summon like some sort of IMAX god that they have to pray to. They got the two managers, <laughs> each one has a key and they have to put them in and turn it the exact same. <laughs> Same time kind of deal. Well, it was funny because before all of these projections were digital, like I remember going to one of my first IMAX screenings. And this was back in the day when you could only get IMAX like at museums. Like this was like a museum special ticketed experience. And like I there was like a queue. There was like a line that took you into the theater and there was this gigantic glass wall that you would look through and you could see like the projection equipment. Like you could see what the film reel looked like and it was massive. It was gigantic. So it's just funny to think like even when it IMAX gets digitized, they're just like, No, this is gonna take at least fifteen minutes. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know what's going on back there, but I mean like I said, it's not as easy as just pushing a play button, obviously. So um, yeah, they, they got it up and running and I will tell you, I've discovered one cent worse than, uh, pickled jalapenos or whatever, um, uh-huh. the rings, Mike. And that is someone behind me chewing mint skull the entire oh, time. Wow. Um, I didn't realize how much that was uh, an obnoxious uh, scent until you get it all the way through your movie theater. So, um, oh my gosh, I'd never <laughs> even thought about that before. <laughs> Keep your can of skull at home, people don't take it to the movie theaters. Uh, but yeah, that was my, that was my experience in a nutshell. Um, wow. so I think, you know, I got a, I got a free, free movie ticket out of the end of it. So I think that's a pretty good win at the end of it. Right. So, 
but yeah, any 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 going experiences you want to go through? Because I've been saving that up for you know twenty four hours now <laughs> to to tell you because I didn't want to start it with I didn't want to let let that information go because it was qu- quite the adventure. No, no, nothing too exciting over here. I had a, I had an afternoon showing, so pretty uh pretty uh, uh normal thing to go to experience ate a lot of candy uh ate my drink some of my uh diet mountain dew so yeah uh ingested the movie as normal all right then well uh i'm gonna let you have the honor of uh since we go radio silent we haven't talked about this movie yet mm-hmm. letting us know what you thought of birds of prey yeah, so Birds of Prey, it was interesting going into it because uh, via Twitter and the review embargoes lifting before the film had arrived, I had seen both ends of the spectrum of this movie. I saw somebody say it was worse, even worse than Suicide Squad, so that's really saying something. Then somebody say it was their favorite DC movie of all time, so I didn't really know what to do going into this theater. But, you know, I was I already had reserved opinions on my way just because, you know, there's a lot of baggage attached to this movie. Movie. Uh, we both agreed, I believe, when we did our Suicide Squad review that we enjoyed Margot Robbie's performance of Harlequin. Mm-hmm. So seeing her again was kind of uh, was uh, was an exciting proposal. So uh, overall, I think the the best way I can kind of review or describe this movie, maybe in one word, is maybe give it like a letter grade. Okay. Uh, I don't I don't usually have a particular system when I review movies, but you know, I just feel like this movie solidly landed on maybe like a C plus. For me, uh, it, it definitely doesn't uh, offend me as a lot of other DC movies where I'm just looking at the decisions that are being made on screen when it comes to the story or characters. And I'm just like, you know, I just wanting to walk out of the theater. Uh, but, th- you know, this movie has some really, uh, really, uh, really interesting uh, character moments. Uh, some um, some funny uh, storytelling decisions and then on the other hand has kind of like some sloppy action some really bizarre editing choices and you, I just kind of left the movie with like this kind of jumbled up feeling where I didn't really know how to feel about the film mm-hmm. I was like well wow there was some really really uh, clever parts that I really enjoyed and then some parts I'm like well why did you do that you just kind of like <laughs> ruined what you earned there but uh uh, overall, it was fun. Uh, uh, the chemistry of the of the actors uh, once they kind of uh, join up was interesting, and I really enjoyed Ewan McGregor's performance of what's, what's Black his name? Mask. Black Mask. Yeah. Black Mask. I keep wanting to call him like Black Skull. Uh, I liked his performance of uh, Black Mask. He brings this uh, unique take to it, which I I wasn't expecting. I wanted to see more of him during the movie. Uh, I liked his scenes. So yeah, it's just a weird experience usually when we come into these movie reviews if i really love a movie you know i can just glow unapologetic about it like oh i had such a fun time or if i hate the movie i can just you know start listing the things that i that i didn't that i didn't enjoy but you know when those two things kind of come together i'm kind of left with well, all right, let's get to the spoiler section of the movie so I can just kind of like uh, do a mental inventory of what I just watched. So uh, I, 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 it's, I, think I, I think I could recommend this movie, which I would say uh, is in the plus column for sure. Uh, but it still feels like DC has not quite figured things out just based on this movie. Um, but, you know, everyone has a different opinion. So, Chris, I, I want to know what you think. I think uh, this is one of those situations where I think we sit and about the same uh, same thing here. I think there's about three great points of this movie that I can remember, and the rest mm-hmm. of it is highly forgettable. Um, sadly, um, I don't think it's any fault of the 
characters or the actors. I think this is a very solidly act movie, right? Um, there's not a single person I'm like, ah, oh, they, they're, they're, they're this, that. And then there's some parts that just left me wanting more and it, it just never felt like I felt full or, or like satisfied at the, at the end of it. But there are three highlight points, you know, and we'll talk about those in spoiler section that, that really stick out to me. Um, as a whole, I think one of the, this, this movie suffers from, um, I think we talked a couple of years ago about movies that has a lot of slow motion to make the movie feel longer. And I'm pretty sure I, is there a scene that doesn't have slow motion in this movie as, is, is one of the questions I have here. Maybe that's why it sits at you know, almost two hours. Um, and the other faulty thing I will, I will ding this movie is the overbearing soundtrack. Um, mm-hmm. at any given point they're playing a song. I, I, there's like nothing, I don't know. Is there any point where they're not playing a song in the background behind something? Like it's like a extended music video. Um, so I, in that regard, I feel like it's a, a, it does feel like a sequel to suicide squad in that regard because they, they beat you over the head with their, their soundtrack as well. Mm-hmm. But I think the actors and the dynamic here of these characters, how they, how they played with each other was much better overall. Um, but the, the 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 my biggest complaint, my biggest complaint, I'll probably say for spoilers because it's how the story is presented that really, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think we're, <laughs> yeah, I think we're gonna have the exact same uh, exact same opinion on that. So uh, before we jump into spoilers, yeah. do you think you could recommend this movie? God, that would be very hard. Um, <laughs> I, I would say there are people if you enjoy Harley Quinn, you're you're probably gonna have a great time with this. Uh, if you're looking for um, some some female characters to kick ass, I, I think you could enjoy this. If you're also a fan of Suicide Squad, I know there are some of those out there, you would probably enjoy this film. Um, but if you're looking for something in the you know upper echelon of things that we've been given lately that actually you know are enjoyable, I don't I don't think this is gonna really um, float your boat at the end of the day, if you will. So. Uh, that's that's the way I'm gonna do it, and I think you know, before we go into spoilers, I think maybe we just t- touch box office real fast if that sure. if that helps. Um, currently, it's sitting under 34 million opening, uh, which is the lowest DC property movie since Jonah Hex, if you remember mm. that in 2010. Um, Josh Brolin, he's come a long way since since being Jonah Hex, and then it's actually um, trending less than Green Lantern from 2011 as well total. So, uh, I, I did, I did, I wanted to see, Hey, is this weekend normally low? Is it whatever? Mm-hmm. I went and looked at the exact same, the sixth weekend of, of 20 of 2019 was when, um, Lego movie two opened mm-hmm. last year and it made exactly the same amount of money. Oh, wow. <laughs> opening, they both were $34 million, uh, in, in this regard. So, um, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not really looking forward to the online discourse of people saying of people uh, uh, saying something along the lines of like, oh, people need to support uh, female uh, yeah. led movies. Uh, the, you know, this movie, it, uh, this movie only didn't make money because of some sort of like misogynistic undertone out there in the world, and they didn't want this movie to succeed. It's just like, no, 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 no. Lego Movie Two did just about the same amount of money, and I think it's just it's attached to so many. Uh, other waning franchises, if you will, like, you know, Suicide Squad didn't leave a good taste in many people's mouth. And mm-hmm. then it's just, it's a very confused universe. No one really knew if they were going to see the Joker to begin with. So it's like, what kind of, what kind of connection are you really drawing me in with? You know? Well, in the Joker, the latest Joker movie is nowhere near related to this at all. Um, and it's on, you know, Oscar weekend. So you're like, if you, if you, again, for the uninitiated, which I, I try not to think people are stupid, but, 
I then I talk to people um, <laughs> that you know are they going to see Walking? Is this a sequel to Walking Phoenix's Joker? They're going to be horribly, horribly disappointed <laughs> going into this. But they should know. Uh, they should know better before uh, going in. Yeah, they should know better. And I think just before we jump um, into spoilers, I. Uh, I, I, this movie is rated R, so it's, uh, uh, it makes sense that Chris starts yep. the review with, uh, with saying Drop. his, uh, projector, uh, uh, projector operator, uh, screamed out of his, uh, projector room. Yep. Uh, but in my opinion, beyond some blood and the occasional swear, I don't think this movie really takes advantage of its R rating. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to, you know, something like Deadpool, which kind of really, uh, put rated R like back in vogue when it came into like, you know, box office returns, you know, Deadpool really leans into all aspects of, of the rated R, like every well, category that it, it could touch. And and, and the, the Deadpool is a great point to compare this against because I feel at times this movie is trying to be a alternate Deadpool, if you will. Yeah, it seems like a, a you know. Let's just get into spoilers yeah. because I think we I think we both want to talk about the same thing. Yeah, right we want to talk about the same thing. So okay, spoilers right here. Starting um, so this movie does what uh, can work in some movies, a la Pulp Fiction and Deadpool, but mm-hmm. they beat it to death out of this one where they're telling the story and like hold up I forgot to tell you something then they jump back and spend half an hour telling you this old story to get caught back up to where you were and then you forgot you were even there to begin with yeah. and I yeah. absolutely hate like it did like three times I think and I really didn't like it like it was unnecessary at all yeah, like if we're demanding different cuts from DC movies, give me the chronological cut of Harley Quinn and then do your best to remove as much unnecessary narration as possible. Like the amount of explanation that goes into trying to convince the audience what this movie is, is just a abrasive like the movie already starts off with an animated intro that tells you the history of harley quinn which she's the most famous character that you have one of the most famous characters that you have right now in the dc universe that everybody really liked we don't really necessarily need all of that and then on (laughs) i think it was put in after the fact because probably test audiences were like what the hell's going on yeah maybe and then on and then on top of that we get um we get uh, Margot Robbie's constant narration throughout the film, which just lets you doesn't even let you think for a second of what's happening in, in a scene. Uh, for example, at the very end, when Black Canary uses her powers to make way and clear room for Harley to go uh, to go catch and save the little girl, uh, there's a brief narration moment that pops up that says, "See, I told you she was." deadly or something like that and she's like we don't she's got, we good, she need, got good pipes or something like yeah that. she's got good pipes like uh we didn't need you here we told we we visually saw everything that happened we didn't need you to hold our hand in this moment and then on top of that they do the on-screen graphics that tell you what everybody's name is what their grievances are which mm. you know i get it you know in, in some in some ways that could possibly work maybe in a trailer or something like that but the we just saw her break this guy's legs in the the nightclub by jumping on them which was pretty which was pretty brutal and it was yeah. pretty crazy to see i was like oh wow that made me kind of cringe and wince which is you know that means you're making an effective violent scene but then we see him again later the same guy almost dressed exactly the same in a wheelchair with two very visible white casts over his black suit on his legs we just saw this guy we don't need to see his grievance and his lower third pop up and then to replay the scene where she broke his legs again. It's yeah. just like, I felt like I was being treated like a child in this rated R movie. Like, no, just strip 
80% of that out, we will get it because there's honestly some some really solid performances in this movie yeah. that I want to concentrate on. There's some there's some nice intimate moments where like Harley is spending with this uh, pickpocket. They're just having a fun time, you know, you know, grocery shopping or like watching a movie, and it's just like let me focus on these things. There was like a very there was a very emotional moment where. Um, uh, Harley dumps all of the margaritas at the beginning of the movie because yeah. her quote unquote like friends are making fun of her, and I'm just like, man, this is really intense. I'm really getting to the heart of Harley's character. And then her snarky narration comes up, and I'm just like, oh man, give me the chronological cut. <laughs> let me find the audio track where this is, and let me strip it out. And I think you have like a much better movie just by taking the hands off of who's ever trying to edit this. You know, right? Exactly. Like they they do so much that it takes like. I get it. You're trying to do a lot, but like you've overproduced this film to this point where it becomes again, the pop-ups are like suicide squad, right? Remember when they introduce all the characters and what they've done? Well, mm-hmm. those grievances are the same thing. The only one that made me laugh was the one where they didn't know who she was and said some Frida Kahlo looking um, yeah. lady in a car. I'm like, Oh, that one's funny because that's just literally what she looks like. There's no background behind this. I don't need to know you know, the history of it, but, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm going to also say, you know, in, in that regard, the story, like because of the story, they, um, I really wanted more Huntress and you don't get any Huntress until the final scene, like the final yeah. act. And I'm like, this is the best character here. You know, I, I think even better than Harley because you just, she has more reason to be there than most other people. And yeah, her her character is most connected to the plot. I would say she has one of the more interesting backgrounds yeah. of where she's being trained by assassins, kind of like saved by the bad guy, and then she turns. Like it's, It seems like her vendetta should have pushed the plot more than just it, like she was just kind of out there as well. Well, and her family's diamond was the MacGuffin. Like mm-hmm. this, this is the Bertinelli essentially story, and yet she's relegated to just showing up when it's convenient, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which was not very fun at all. And you know, in I, I, I will say I did like the, the the final scene. I will tell you the action. The action scenes in this are are really really good. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give it that in my book. But why does the canary only get to use her powers once at the end? If she's had these powers, like why, why are you saving? Like there's one big thing here, you know, um, the, uh, Huntress has a motorcycle. They save it for the final scene. The, the canary has her vocal things. They save it for the final scene. Then she passes out. Like, this is like very much like we're not really becoming the quote unquote birds of prey until the end when they say, Oh, Harley's not even part of the birds of prey. It's the police lady, Huntress and Canary. Like they are the quote unquote birds of prey in this, and then Harley's just driving around with her um, hyena and the uh, her quote unquote apprentice, uh, yeah, Cassandra Kane. That, that was a large grievance um, uh, my wife had with the film was uh, she was expecting like a like a big team up movie here, like you know Harley Quinn getting a band of folks together, and then to just kind of disband that all at the end. Uh, she found really frustrating, and then she brought up a good point um, where if you, if you look at the kind of the point of a story or the point uh, of a movie is to have your characters change over time. Um, Harley's character doesn't really go through any change by the end of the movie. She's pretty much the same person at the end as she was at the beginning. Maybe slightly more responsible. 
but it, it's kind of hard because she's going through a breakup at the very beginning, so she's a big sloppy drunk, but, you know, is that just because, you know, she's uh, well, going through a breakup? Wa- well, that's who she was before she had per- before she lost the protection, you know, kind of thing. So it wasn't her changing. It was just the situation around her. changing. Yeah. So it's like, she's supposed to like, really what the movie is trying to say is like Harley Quinn is trying to learn how to be on her own, but we don't really have any examples of her being on her, uh, being like uh, bound to the Joker because in the last suicide squad movie, she's pretty much separated from the Joker most of the time. And she's kind of, pissed off at him through parts of the movie if I can remember correctly Mm -hmm. because he's like betraying her and he's kind of like being an asshole in Suicide Squad so like we've kind of already seen the the connection severed in the previous movie so I was almost expecting like Black Mask or Ewan McGregor's character to kind of quote court harley to be like oh join my organization now that you're done with joker you can be my number two but unfortunately you're always just going to be number two underneath me you're never going to get the same responsibilities that you really Mm -hmm. want and then she has to finally make the decision to break away from him but you know she's pretty much a free agent the entire movie so at the very end she ends up there to begin with i guess now she has like a sidekick or an apprentice so maybe that shows her character development Uh, a little bit but yeah not just not a whole lot you know happens to these characters well i think the thing is she learned how to quote unquote have friends um because she tried to sell the kid for her safety and then she's like well never mind i made a bad decision well yes she did try to sell the kid but before she decided to sell the kid she was the good guy yeah so it's like she was the she she wanted to save the kid get the diamond out safely you know have her poop it out she was being nice to her watching cartoons and then she shifted and then she shifted back so it's just kind of like if she maybe would have started out at the very beginning like yeah i'm gonna cut that out of you you know because i still have that dark side of me right so yeah it's just the, the, the narrative is constructed in a very simple way, which they should have really took advantage of. You're ter- telling a very simple story of trying to get this MacGuffin back, and right. um, you're kind of in a John Wick-esque scenario where the whole city's after you, which I really like that idea. They pull it off very well in John Wick to where he can't even sit down for two seconds without an assassin coming out of a closet trying to kill him. You're just yeah. on a constant race to get to the end of the movie to survive. Whereas, like, you kind of get a little bit, bit of that in Harley Quinn. Like, she can still kind of walk around and go into a grocery store, but she can't go into the dark alley of the grocery store because there might be a bad guy there. Yeah. So... It, I wish they could have almost leaned into that more. Whereas like she has the whole city after her and she never, it never really seemed like she needed the birds of prey. Like I thought she was going to get this band of girls together so they could all unite their forces to push back all of these like abusive men in their life where it's more of like, it was just a coincidence that they were all at this broken down carnival at the very end. And they really only needed each other for a very practical sense of just trying to get out out of the carnival it wasn't like kind of a broader initiative just like yeah we're kicking ass well, and we're pushing back against all of these assholes it's just like no i just don't want to die this very second well there's there's two things one when they're walking out of the carnival all like buddy buddy i'm like you know there's more people outside why are you like <laughs> casually strolling out of here unless oh yeah that lady's gonna get shot of course she's she's fine but i mean like they're just doing it for for plot point but nice will tell you the other thing i didn't quite get and i i don't know if i missed this and you may be able to help me Someone lobs like an explosive into her apartment, right? Oh yeah, we I have this. We had the same conversation. Where that person goes, they, she walked outside. They're gone. 
Right. Well, and also, where did the quote unquote officer that was knocking on her door go? Like, yeah. oh, where are the cops? And then also, the whole the whole point of this was that like she was protected by the restaurant owner. He was the only one that knew <laughs> she was there, so he had the information. So he says just after that scene, "Sorry, I had to sell you out." But the last person we saw him talking to was Huntress. Huntress wasn't looking for Harley, right? She was looking for somebody else. I'm trying she's to looking for Zaz. Essentially, was she's, her, she's her looking for Zaz. So the restaurant owner didn't sell out Harley. He sold out Zaz. But okay, let's just say uh, let's just say Huntress left, and then somebody else came. That happened to know that this guy knows everybody. So he sold out Harley. So then, how did the cops show up? Was that not a cop at I, the door? Or was that somebody else? I, and then where did that person go? Because this this firework thing lobbed into the place, and then we never see that guy again. So I was expecting to see a bunch of squad cars outside, which there wasn't. And then I was expecting maybe to see the legion of bad guys show up because he ratted her out. But no, she's able to have like a really nice. Uh, not really nice, but a nice uh, melancholy conversation with her father yeah. figure as he drives away in his van. I'm like, what is happening? Right. What happened to well, this, this scene on the cutting room floor? Well, this character we just met who's like, I will never sell her out. I like her. And then like the next thing he does is literally sell her, her out, out. <laughs> yeah, to, to buy a nicer restaurant across town. Um, which brings me to one of my biggest complaints. If this is Gotham City, why does it not look like any other Gotham City we've ever seen before? And mm-hmm. if Ewan McGregor's character, Roman Sionis, is one of the biggest, baddest people to buy an army, where are all these other mobsters and cr- criminals in Gotham City, like the Joker, like whoever, why are they not combating? Like, I would love to see the inner workings of the different mobs and gangs working against each other for this. Because, like, other than that, it's just the town's run by Roman Sionis, this guy who apparently runs Gotham we've never, ever met or seen before, and now he's after... Harley Quinn and all these girls, and boy, I mean, I love you and McGregor, but man, the the whole point of this, like you brought up earlier, is like to get the MacGuffin, right? The diamond that has the codes on it. Which Harley sold the diamond? Did they get the codes off of it? They didn't even <laughs> yeah. get the codes off of it, did they? Well, the, apparently they did because Huntress was able to get her family fortune back. So after Harley took okay. the girl and left the restaurant with the diamond, did she just like text Huntress the information before she we, pawned the diamond? I, I, I don't know. They, they, they left a lot of up in the air. Like that was the whole point of it was this, this fortune. And then they're like, yeah, we sold the diamond and bought a car. Um, but, I, but I just really – the story could have been – if they told it in one solid piece, the chronological cut, we could have done this faster – and got to the point where they're running from these people quicker because I really enjoy the um, scene where Harley is breaking into the police station with her um, non the canisters, the non lethal canisters. Like some are confetti and some are like smoke, and I'm like, oh, that's fun. She's just shooting people with these non lethal things and whatever, and then she gets to getting Cassandra. But they split this in two, so you get the first half of it. Then the second half is her with Cassandra Kane fighting in the police. Um, what is that? The the evidence locker room yeah but before the evidence locker there's this inexplicable scene where she's fighting people in this the weirdest jail cell that i've ever seen in my life because it's just like these cages these boxed cages that are inside of a a room so the bars aren't connected to the ceiling i i assume that they're connected to the floor but there's like these weird boxes and then as soon as the the doors open uh the criminals just uh, automatically want to fight harley which is kind of usually something that you see like when when an officer or like a or like a police chief gets sentenced and he has to go to jail then that makes sense because he's a pig but harley's like a bad guy and i guess they have nothing against her (laughs) that we know of 
And then the the sprinklers went off just because they the director thought it would look cool. <laughs> right. Uh, so she has to fight him in this thing. I will tell you, the biggest ripoff from Deadpool 2 is Cassandra Kane looks like the little kid from Deadpool 2 who was in the jail cell with Deadpool, and they had to break him out, and he had to fight his way out of the jail. Is this not identical to Deadpool 2? Like, the, uh, the relationship uh, between Harley and this kid and uh, Deadpool and uh, what's it, whatever, the little... Australian oh, yeah, Zealand. yeah, that, that does seem a little... Like, uh, this similar. is very, very similar to that. And then, I, I will say, I did enjoy, again, the scene in the... Evidence locker room, and the, one of the the chances they got to use their R rating mic is when they shot the bags of cocaine, and she just goes crazy on these bikers who all have guns. Oh yeah, I guess drug bat. use. Yeah, that yeah. probably would fall under the three. A, a very very <laughs> an enjoyable drug use as well. Not like it's like a a thing. And I was gonna, the, I forget what the third part was. Oh, the, the best part, Mike, and you will agree, the breakfast sandwich. <laughs> yeah, the breakfast sandwich will will go to the fact that there's. There's a lot of really small moments in this movie that, like, man, I wish the energy and the thoughtfulness that they put into these specific scenes and shots were the whole movie. I'm not saying I want an entire film where you're just cooking stuff on a flat top grill, um, a griddle, but, like, I want that kind of thoughtfulness where it's just, like, Harley is just, like, romantically watching this guy make an egg sandwich. Like, she's just loving these, like, weird unique portions of Gotham. It kind of feels almost like a love letter to like bodegas and like New York and, and stuff like that. And we've all been there. We've all yeah. seen a sandwich. Breakfast yeah. sandwich. Like this is, this is life. This is everything to me in the world. Yeah. And it's like the way she's coveted it and the way they are shooting it. It's like, you know, she's going to lose this sandwich. So the <laughs> fact that she's running from the cops, holding it kind of running through like these uh, back alleys and she, and this is where they start introducing the other criminal element from Gotham yeah. trying to get to her. And they're like showing up in a, in like a, like someone's trying to run her down with a van and there's other, yeah. like these kooky people. I'm like, okay, this is fun. I'm enjoying what they're building here in these moments of the, of the film. And then there's also these other small moments, like at the end where um, I don't remember who the, who the black masks number two was the guy Victor with all Saz. the scars Victor says when he gets tranked or he gets shot and then he falls next to Harley and she's just like stabbing him with like the needle yeah. over like those little moments. Like I, those were like, I wanted that movie. I didn't want all of the other stuff that kind of bogged it down because I, I agree. I really like that scene where she enters the police station with the canisters because all the canisters do a different thing. It really leans into the personality of her and also just the Joker yeah. in general. Like when they're committing crime, they're not just committing crime. They're there to make a scene. They're there to kind of make a statement with what they're doing. So it makes sense that Harley would have this kind of weapon. And then she's like whipping it around and playfully like hitting people with it when she's going between canisters. And you can kind of see the stakes get higher as she's running out of ammo. Um, So I like that portion of it. But then there's some other um, moments where it's just like I feel like I'm just like – let's push through this fight scene. Let's just get it over with so we can get the plot moving. Uh, so at the very end, when the birds of prey, uh, join up and they're fighting together, they go down that little slide into the caverns of this, uh, carnival. The booby and track. then they're, yeah. And then they're all split up and they're all doing their own little fighting on top of this weird carnival stuff. And I was like, Oh, this, this is kind of boring. The choreography isn't very interesting. It's just basically the birds of play, just like birds of prey, just like flipping over like a fun, a fun painted box or a teeter-totter. They're not really doing anything unique here. They're not using but when, their but, abilities as well either. 
Yeah, they're just, you know, they're just, like, punching or hitting. And, but then when they all come together in that circular portion, and they all have the goal of protecting the girl, and then they're, yeah. like, kind of passing her off between them, trying to, they're each having this moment of protecting her. They're kind of doing a little bit of that circular shot from the Avengers, but they find a, they found a more creative way to achieve it where they didn't actually do it, but they're all kind of in this circular motion. That moment, that's when all cylinders were firing for me. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, look at them all operating, all trying to protect this person. You know, everything's going really, really well here. And then, like you said, they're they're idiots and they just walk out into the line of fire. <laughs> For some reason, presuming that they just beat everybody up and there couldn't possibly be possibly be anybody outside. I thought maybe they were going through like a back entrance or like a like yeah. a you know a door in the back. That's why they went down. They're like, no, well, we're done. We just decided to go out front. right right out the front door, casually laughing and joking when we know that Black Mask himself is out there. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think in, you know, in, in that regard, it's, I agree that is the other stuff is sucks, but like when they're fighting, like working together to keep that girl safe, that was really, really, really well done. And then, um, as for the ending, um, I'm, I'm actually kind of glad some people are, aren't, but I'm glad they literally blew up you and McGregor into several pieces <laughs> as he fell it off was, the deck. Yeah. It was just, it was it was satisfying to watch because they they achieved the shot very well. You he he's blown up not into like a pink mist like you said. It's like four chunks. Yeah, you get to see him go into the ocean. It, yeah, it was just a very satisfying explosion. Yeah, I, I really really had a good time watching that one. Uh, despite the fact you know I like Ewan McGregor. Um, I, my wife didn't even know that was Ewan McGregor until it was done. She's like, oh, who did he play in the movie? I'm like, well, he was Black Mass. She's like. No way. I'm like, yeah, he, he <laughs> like, again, the acting for each character, they really dove into that role. And I, I, I hated watching, uh, you McGregor. I, I hated him as a villain. I hated watching that Zaz guy even more cause he's creepy as hell. So, um, yeah, overall, overall, I mean, I think it, it, it's not, I don't remember much else about this movie, um, which is sad, but like there are some highlights, but there are also some very, very low points, uh, that just kind of make it a run of the mill film if you will. Yeah. Like I liked Huntress's, uh, uh, character choice that they decided to, to do with her where she's kind of like this socially awkward person but she's still a badass yeah. so they're they're doing some interesting character development kind of going against type of what we would expect but uh, unfortunately you can't just make a, a, a weird interesting quirky character without kind of like paying off their story a little right. bit better uh, so I, I, I kind of almost have the same feeling I had with um, Justice League where uh, when we said Justice League almost really should have been Cyborg's movie and everybody else is kind of uh, working within Cyborg's narrative and we could have maybe achieved something a little bit better. I, I, you know, I kind of feel the same way here, but obviously yeah. everybody uh, in, along the lines of production is like, no, 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 this has got to be Harlequin's movie. We're basically doing everything we can to just not say this is yeah. this movie is just called Harley Quinn. So and, um, everyone who watches Arrow obviously knows who Black Canary is, so we can just make her one of the other bigger portions where, where it's like you said, this is a Bertinelli family shooting diamond mystery. And that should mm-hmm. have been, that should have been the entire thing. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of lifting the genre kind of does for the audience, but I'm almost kind of getting a little bit, um, 
tired of just trying to imagine everybody knows how to do karate and no criminal ever carries around a gun anymore. Like, I feel like 10 years ago, 20 years ago, that's a little easier to imagine. But when they were in the Carnival Funhouse and all the criminals showed up, I was like, why don't any of them have guns? You know, this is a rated R movie. You know, I, you know, I get it. You know, I get, I well, get it's just part of the genre. And then also, I, I get that Black Canary is the daughter of uh, the previous Black Canary. So I could imagine a scenario where she taught her daughter how to fight. But then just out of nowhere, she also knows how to fight. I'm just like, okay, does just everybody know how to, like, you know, Handle just themselves. Do, do karate? Well, I will tell you, the only thing they didn't, I'm pretty sure they didn't take guns in there. I took away from this is because uh, Roman uh, Black Mass doesn't know that Cassandra Cain ate the diamond because Zaz didn't find out until he got upstairs and was killed immediately. So he's probably keeping, he said, bring her to me because he doesn't know. Maybe she hid the diamond somewhere. Yeah, I, I the, guess so. There, it, there's still there a yeah. little bit of suspension of the disbelief. So I don't know if there's a smarter way to solve that but problem. Just like, don't <laughs> kill the girl. She has to like no guns. You might kill the girl. Bring her to me so I can get the die. Like that would have been yeah. literally the line they would have had to, to drop. Yeah, I mean <laughs> to speak to Deadpool's behalf again. That's a really big built-in advantage you have with that character. If anybody knows Wade Wilson in that world or Deadpool, say like, oh, guns won't work. You know, yeah. he just heals right away. You got to take in like swords or hammers, or you got to get you got to like detach his head or something like that. So yeah, I don't know if maybe filmmakers just moving forward in general, no matter whether it's a DC movie or a Marvel movie. You gotta you gotta start from the very beginning of your story of just like uh, how am I gonna handle guns in this movie because mm-hmm. all of my heroes or anti heroes in the movie everybody can die pretty much with one bullet to the head barring you know like people like Thor or you know Superman or stuff like that so right. how are we gonna manage the bullets in this movie and, and also you know for them is is this movie is style over substance and you you really. I really felt it. Like there were points where I was very bored because I'm like, this is all style. There's nothing here that I care about. And obviously, they're not going to kill Harley Quinn. Um, you know, at the end of this, like they're going to keep her because she needs to be in the next Suicide Squad, which uh-huh. might be a reboot or something. I don't know. They'll figure and out what they're going to do with her. You know, it's a real bummer. It's hard to say if this was a creative choice or just uh, uh, choices just on limitations of what they can do with the actors that they can get. But I could see somebody saying, no, the Joker's not going to be in this movie at all because it's all about Harley Quinn's emancipation from the Joker. He's not going to show his face at all because that's counterproductive to the story that we're telling. But then also I think of like what cool stuff could they have done if they could have put Jared Leto's Joker in this, you know? You know, you know, could there have been interesting moments where maybe he was pulling the strings the whole time, or he was somehow involved, then, and then in the third act, like, Harley just, like, really just, like, kicks him in the nuts or something like that, well, you know? Something like that could have been very satisfying well, to the audience to just really see her get her revenge. Maybe. I think the, the thing with that is, and I thought about this, like, well, if they put him in there at some point it would have been it would have taken away from i guess the the female empowerment mm-hmm. of the story you know like you, like oh obviously she just hung up on this whenever she I, i'm glad they didn't hang up on on the joker thing for for too long but like i said there would have been a great opportunity like obviously the joker is the crown prince of crime right or mm-hmm. so where the hell is his team and his crime functionality his organization while Roman Sionis is doing his organization like if he was going to be in here it should have been at like the upper levels like 
them butting heads for territory kind of mm-hmm. deal rather than you know um or it, it, him like I said that like, this is Gotham there's more villains than just <laughs> black mask in here like where yeah, are or they? or this it could have been this interesting idea of like if we could have somehow used the Joker at the beginning of the movie, maybe like Harley finally gets fed up with him and somehow she feeds the Joker to Batman or feeds the Joker to the cops. Maybe she is the one that actually takes Joker off the table. And obviously it would just be temporary. Who know a year or two, you know, Joker gets out of jail all the time. And then, so it could have been her fault of her own. And this could have been this interesting idea of in all abusive relationships, you know, there's this whole ramification that you have to deal with. Well, if you're lucky enough to get away from this abusive person, now you have to deal with life without them. And they were providing you with all of these different things. So I don't, I don't know. There was, there was a lot more that could have been done here. There was a lot that was overdone. So I think talking through this with you just kind of like helps yeah. me uh figure out this just like yeah this this could have been so much more so uh the c plus is mainly out of frustration i saw a lot of people out there really dug the movie uh it's got like an 80 percent on rotten tomato i believe it's slightly higher with the audience score on on there so yeah. it, it seems to have a warm warm reception i definitely i'm not in the opinion of past DC movies where I wish it didn't exist at all and I wish they could just rewrite the history so I'm curious where it goes next uh, I guess it depends on how much money it makes it seems like it's not performing Dude. to the lengths they wanted it to <laughs> but who knows maybe it'll have legs we'll have to see if how much Sonic chomps away from its uh, box office returns um, yeah I don't uh, this is a well, big this is a bigger question of the worldwide box office because a lot of movie theaters sh- are shut down in China right now due to the coronavirus well, he, so who knows knows if but, it can recoup a lot of the money in international but, but here's the problem it's an r-rated movie r-rated movies don't show in china like they don't show anywhere like that's why mm. this is a movie sitting at 80 it had an 84 million budget and it's only at 81 million worldwide opening weekend like this is going to be outside of marketing costs i mean this is not going to be a pleasantly um i don't think they're gonna invite kathy yan back for a second movie anytime soon unless margot robbie starts funding some of it herself or producing it um, which she, I don't know if she did on this one or not. I think, I, I think you know, Sonic probably won't eat into it as much simply because like an R-rated version movie versus a kids video game movie. Yeah. But like, I just don't see. They had success with Joker. They walked too close to the sun with this one, and it didn't really pay off because they didn't use that rating to their yeah. advantage. It just feels like there was a producer or an executive somewhere up the chain that just saw the cut of the movie and like got worried or something like that. Like, oh, our audiences aren't going to like this. We got to make it more unique. We got to make it more edgy. Like, let's let's chop it up. Let's do let's Tarantino it. Let's put an animated intro at the beginning. Uh, let's bring Margot back in and she's going to narrate the hell out of this so nobody gets lost with this weird time decision I made. It just it just seems like somebody meddled. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you're just watching a movie. You're like, it feels like some. Something, something got meddled here. So, yeah, I, I will, uh, I will pour all of my release the Snyder Cut energy, which I don't have any of, but I'll transition that to release the chronological Birds of Prey cut, which is something that somebody out there could do very easily on their own. I don't know exactly how you go about stripping narration because right. I think you would just have to build your own audio on top of that and then mute it. But 
you know, people know audio better than I do. So if if, well, if, it, if anybody is is sailing the pirate bay and sees a chronological edit of the film in the future, let me know. I, I would yeah, like to watch that, that. This this is this is a um a, a thing to get behind here. This is one of those petitions I'd sign. You yeah, know. and it, I would say this would be a unique, just a unique experiment that like you could study for just the you just the educational purposes of film. Two different results from two different edits, mm, you know. Right. Because people have tried to do it with other movies that, that are filmed out of order. And, and some of them work, but, you know, this they did it too much, and then they um, yeah, I, th- I to think the audience. It, yeah, I think it works maybe if you write the script originally. It it just does not seem like the script was written initially uh, for see, the time jump, but who knows? I, I'm going to go the other way. I think it was written like this, but they put the, the it throws the pacing completely off. Like, they're going to save for some big reveal later, right? That, that Huntress is a Bertinelli or whatever, and they, they were saving for all these big reveals that didn't really matter because at the end of the day, like, like again, like, like your wife mentioned, you know, and like I said, there's a MacGuffin here that doesn't matter. And then there's, um, no character development for Harley Quinn. And mm-hmm. I don't think there's any amount of changing the story around that would have gotten her made the ending feel any different in that evolution. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it's funny because we, we do see kind of black canary evolve by the end of the movie. She becomes her own person kind of, uh, uh, developing the powers her mother left her, you know, even Huntress, you know, yeah. she kind of goes through this catharsis and well, even, even the police, yeah. the police chief, um, stood up for herself. And, yeah, but then uh, Harley, I just we kind of just keep the status quo going. It, so it, well, it, like it, Cassandra Cain's <laughs> a, a little thief of a kid, and then she's going to learn from Harley, like who stole stuff out of the grocery store with her. I'm like, she's not learning mm. anything new. Just better, <laughs> better ways to do it. So, mm. but yeah, yeah, mixed bag for sure. Yeah, hundred percent uh, mixed bag. So, all right, well, um, that's it for our uh, Birds of Prey review, Mike. And we got to do a news episode. We do those every week, but people want to know what you're up to. Where can they find you at? Well, that's so easy to do. All you have to do is follow me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, where can they do it? You can find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Valdan87. Again, also at the end of this month, I will be at C2E2 in Chicago. If you want to come uh, talk to me about that or talk to me about any other movie, especially this one, uh, you can do that. Mike, if people want to listen to our regularly scheduled news episodes that happen every week, where can they find those? Oh, also easy to do. All you have to do is visit SuperheroSlate.com. That's the best place to find all the avenues we host our show. And you can go to our upcoming releases page to see all of the all of the regularly scheduled reviews that we have uh, for the podcast this year. Our next scheduled review is New Mutants at the beginning of April, and I can't even wait and imagine what that review is going to be like. There's just going to be so much to wade through for that movie with New Mutants, and then you also have to stay stay subscribed because who knows what will pop up in between those. We do unscheduled stuff all the time, so make sure you're subscribed to SuperheroSlate.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and wherever else you love to listen to fine podcasts. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. We love hearing from you, and uh, we want to know what you thought about Birds of Prey. Uh, do you think we were too harsh on it? Do you think we were too nice to it? Where do you fall on the spectrum of Birds of Prey? Uh, let us know. Um, also, if you ever have any weird theories 
theater going experiences. Yeah. I'd love to hear that just because we live in a society people. And if people are not, uh, people are not, uh, meshing well with society. I want to know, I want to know how that goes. So the, reach out to the us. rules. Damn it. We need to follow <laughs> them. <laughs> we have rules and, uh, uh, we love our super fans. So if you want to be a super fan of this fine podcast, all you have to do is share this show with a friend, Share it with a buddy, and we will be here every week. So stay tuned and subscribe. All right. We'll see you. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. But then we were just kind of like, we were just like, well, let's just finish this box off. Then we don't have to worry about it. Well, let's finish this next box off so we don't have to worry about it. And then by the time the movie was over, like, oh, God, we ate all that candy. (laughs) It was good, though. It was good. No regrets. No regrets. No regrets.